Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. Oh well. I didn't think much of Peter and Derek. First time I laid eyes on them. Looked like a stiff breeze would have blown them over. And a walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. They were in for gross misappropriation of movie facts and blatant and repeated copyright infringement. Oh, how they put their damn faces all over movie posters. Like it was nobody's business. Had a cockiness to them. We disliked them immediately. I was surprised by this movie. In many ways. <laughs> I gotta say, I was regretting my decision. I think this would be something I'd show to my kids. Oh, that's good to hear. I think it's about a father's love for his child. Oh, absolutely, yes. And uh, a complete stranger's love for that man's child. They wore really <laughs> ugly outfits. <laughs> Puke yellow, prom night, pale blue, you know? I, I don't even know where to start <laughs> with this film. Definitely not a movie I would consider watching unless you tell me to. Hello, I'm Derek. And I'm Peter. And this is The Mog. In this podcast, one of us suggests a beloved movie for the other to watch, and then we talk about it. What made us laugh? What made us cry? And whether or not it explains our fear of laundry duty. <laughs> Don't make me do laundry. The sisters will get me. <laughs> I actually just avoid it altogether. You know, that's why I, right now there are piles of laundry outside the door. <laughs> it's because of the sisters, man. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> So, um, what, what movie are we actually talking about today? It's one of mine. It's The Shawshank Redemption from 1994. And do you have an alternative title? I do. The Shawshank Redemption, a biracial, non-sexual love story between two men. <laughs> uh, well, mine was, uh, any title has to be better than The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, man. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Apparently, Morgan Freeman said that, um... That one of the reasons that uh, the Shawshank Redemption tanked was because um, he would people would say, "Oh, I saw this great movie the other day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what was it called? It was um, the re- redemptive Shimshaw, the Shimshaw, sh- <laughs> the Shuriken. Red- red- yeah. So, so um, yeah." Yeah, poor poor guy. And it yeah, it did tank, hey. It, it didn't really make much money. So. But like it made it up in the next year in rentals, apparently. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't pick that up. But like um I know that it's constantly rated as like one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, absolutely. So it's always amazing how these ones that don't go well at the box office are then rated really well. Mm. But um I'll give you a quick synopsis of, of the um the film. Um Two Imprisoned Men uh, Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins, and Red, Morgan Freeman, bond over a number of years, finding solace and even eventual redemption through acts of common decency. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, my alternate yours. title. Um, <laughs> my alternate title actually was a quote from Tim Robbins. He said it's a love story between two men, <laughs> and it really is. I think that's why I like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the love. It's a, it's a pl- is it platonic? <laughs> Would it be platonic? Non-sexual. Is that what platonic means? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but um, a bit of background. This was actually a Stephen King novella. Um, I know. I can't believe I it. I can't believe it like, either. I didn't know for the longest time either because I it was, like when I did see it, it was very moving. Mm. And um, 
and then someone said it was a Stephen King and I was like no it wasn't there's no way no hey, it's not Stephen, no way. Stephen King didn't write it <laughs> and he did but yeah. it was called um, what was it called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption so um, they had to change it because apparently by having Rita Hayworth in the title they were getting all these like solicitations from actresses oh I want to be in this movie I want to be in the role oh right <laughs> that's no women <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be a poster <laughs> But it was directed by Frank Darabont, and he's he went on to do The Green Mile, and he's got a oh right yeah he's got a really interesting story because it's a bit of rags to riches. He was just a set designer, um, and he was just sort of working on all these horror films like Nightmare on Elm Street number three or whatever, and uh, he always wanted to be a writer, and so he had had a go at um, Stephen King has these uh, things called Dollar Babies, which are um, not for profit stories which you buy for a dollar and you have the rights to make it for oh. just a dollar and he went on to make this woman in the room um short and stephen king loved stephen king loved it and he said okay um when he later on approached him for shawshank he gave it to him for a thousand bucks which is like unheard wow. of it's like a novella of stephen king and so he was That's really impressed crazy. and later on he never cashed the check and he actually gave it back to him framed and says in case you ever need bail money, <laughs> love Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so well, was... I mean, well, like, <clears throat> what did Stephen King think about this? He loved it. So this is one of his favorite. Uh... Yeah, because he historically has hated a lot mm. of his uh, adaptations. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, the yeah. irony is, is that the ones that he hates are the ones that uh, do really well, like The Shining. Yeah, and he like had his own yeah, go it. at The Shining, no. and it wasn't very good. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he well. did. It was terrible. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But oh. um, yeah. So, so there's a it's, that's I didn't know that. That's really fascinating. And I read the book a little, like the novella. It's so well written. Um, Stephen King, he's got such clarity of language. Like he he in some of the words he says, I admired that, and I admired him in spite of problems he was having. He was going on with his life. There are thousands who don't, won't, or can't. And plenty of them aren't in prison either. It's just like real clarity and like mm. conciseness to the language in there. And, um, and the story itself, um, Darabon goes on to say it's about a mythic hero. And he talks a bit about Joseph Campbell, like um, the mythic hero rides into town, cleans up and rides away. <laughs> he sets <laughs> things right. Chain- and not just changing the environment, but fundamentally, fundamentally changes his friend Red mm. by that friendship. And yeah. that's pretty powerful stuff. When yeah. the director knows all this stuff, and he's the writer as well, yeah. like the script writer, um, it makes like that's really it's, a good combo. it's astonishing because it's such a great film too. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So did he go like he went on to do the Green Mile? Did he do anything else? Uh, there were some. Um, the Mist. Seriously, he did the Mist, the movie The Mist. So all of these are Stephen King things yeah like i think they formed a the the, tw- the majestic all oh, right the mm. the twist was that sorry the mist had a twist at the end that <laughs> wasn't um that wasn't in the book oh yeah as stephen king thought should have been it has like one of the like worst amazing endings of any horror film <laughs> do you like i don't remember it i don't well, think no, I've seen no, it. i haven't well i haven't watched it all the way through i've seen bits of it and i have seen the end and basically they're they escape but they realize they're not going to get away and they're in the middle of, in the in a car and the husband 
uh, in order to save them from a fate worse than death, gets his gun and shoots everyone in the car. Oh. And there are no more bullets for himself. And the sound that was coming towards them was actually tanks coming to rescue them. Oh, wow. And so he's just killed his entire oh, no. family. <laughs> And he's, and that's a Stephen King story. That's a Stephen King story. But the thing is, it didn't end like that apparently. Yeah. So, oh. so the actual must have maybe it was the writer or the director of the film added that. Yeah, Darabond, because he like he 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 condensed a lot of the stuff yeah. out of the stories and wow. changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But um, this film won seven. Uh, sorry, it was awarded seven Oscar nominations. Right. Like yeah. best picture, best actor in leading role. Writing, cinematography, sound, film editing, music, and it didn't win any of them. <laughs> but, Probably um, because they said, oh, it was really good. Oh, but did you see the numbers? Yeah, the numbers weren't great. <laughs> no, yeah, it probably wasn't that good then. But it was competing this year with Forrest Gump, 1994, uh, Lion King, Pulp Fiction, The Crow, Speed, Stargate, True Lies, and Leon, The Professional. Well, I don't know if Stargate would have won any... Okay, man. I had to put that in there because yeah. <laughs> it's our thing. <laughs> Sci-fi. But um, two things I wanted to speak about. The cinematography, uh, Roger Deakins, he did this. And he um, he's most known for actually uh, recently Blade Runner, the new film. He got an Oscar oh, for right. that. I haven't seen that. I really want oh, to. Oh, it's beautiful. And Skyfall, Bond. Oh, yeah. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful Mind, Fargo, Revolutionary, Role, Revolutionary Road, The Big Lebowski. He's just epic, man. That's why it looks so nice and just yeah. like he's got these sweeping helicopter oh, shots. Did, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, I made a note about that. That that's a great lead in. That that was excellent. But also, that's due to the set design by Terence Marsh. He did Hunt for Red October, and he had like he had looked at the architecture of this prison, and he said it's got a gothic quality. So there's re- religious overtones and. You know, it's a reformatory, and that's why yeah. they chose the prison. So right. it's designed to draw your eyes skyward. And there's even a shot in there where it sort of looks up and right. at the skies. And so it's all very... Um, uh, like the se- everything about it is set in a way yeah. for success because yeah. you're getting a feel for the film without even any dialogue existing. Yeah, absolutely. And also in that note, the, the music, Thomas Newman, he's yeah. American Beauty. Um, oh, is he? Yeah, that yeah. explains. Yeah. That, uh, that explains <laughs> my notes. It's got his cool, mu- his you know piano. Yeah, the piano, with the <laughs> strings, but also these very you know discordant things yeah. like going on. It's yeah. quite complex. Score. I was actually going. Yeah, now I was going to say. Uh, I think this influenced a lot of music that came later, and now it's actually it, him. <laughs> it was just him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> him growing. Yeah, I don't know. I had a little bit of stuff. Tim Robbins, he uh, locked himself in the solitary to, to prepare. For how long? Not very long, I think. But um, he, there was an interesting quote. He says, I always thought Andy should look as if he had a secret. And that pretty much nails his Yeah, that's true. Because there's so much power in just his sort of, just his stare. Um, yeah, yeah. And the narration was recorded beforehand and played on set. That's really interesting to me because they had Morgan Freeman's voice giving uh, the rhythm of the oh, film wow. while they were playing it out. And that's pretty profound. Yeah. I hadn't really heard of that before. Wow. Well, I mean, this this was a thing that also skyrocketed his thing as a narrator. Yeah, that was his first one. Um, so I guess... Because we had Prince of Thieves. That was 91. But yeah, he didn't narrate right. it, he really. He didn't narrate it. Yeah. No, no. No, but um, this was the narrated film, and then he got into everything. And you, you just look up Morgan Freeman, 
uh, on YouTube, and it's like one of the first things is all about his voice. Yeah. It's just constantly about his yeah. voice. Not that we tried to do anything. No, like no, I, I wouldn't even <laughs> begin to try. No, no, oh, I think anyone, oh wow. a, anyone, oh wow, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> start turning into a Sean Connery impression. Oh wow, it seemed to me that Andy Dufresne. <laughs> One hour later. <laughs> One hour later. Jesus. Yeah, we 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 really we really uh, tried hard and and uh, wasted a lot of time on on an. <laughs> so well, but what had um, so is there anything more to the background? I mean, there's, it seems like there's like it's just a I I didn't realize all the elements that went into it, but um, that's pretty amazing. And oh, the Tim, editor, he was um. Uh, Richard Francis Bruce, he did Seven and Frantic and Dead Calm. God. So there's that real so there's thriller. A lot of, there's people who've been involved in some really awesome films in there. Yeah, absolutely. So really it, good people involved. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. And I think they knew when they read the script that this was a winner because there are, there's some stories going around like Charlie Sheen said... He wanted to be, you know, Tim Robbins and he would do it for no money. And like, oh, right. Yeah, there was people bidding like 30 million they wanted to buy the script from him but he wouldn't let it go because this was his first film yeah and um they knew that this was a sort of winner wow. so no well that makes it. sense i'm just surprised tim robbins was the one that got into mm, the royal yeah. like he does an amazing job i just you know you, you don't imagine him as the person who's going to be the lead role yeah yeah it's real good um work he's by tall he's so tall mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how tall he was. Yeah. You see him walking amongst all the people. No. He's just like so much taller than yeah. everyone else. Yeah, he does stand out. Mm. He's got a yeah real character. You wouldn't want him uh, up against Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's only so many boxes that he well, can he stand was, on. He was originally cast as well, but he was working on something else. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> I can't imagine Tom Cruise playing that character. He certainly wouldn't play him like he had a secret. No. <laughs> Really though, though Tom Cruise is pretty good at keeping like, secrets. Yeah, I like, I like all Tom. the murders he commits. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I like Tom though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so like, but why did you pick this film anyway? So this was uh, Mum's favorite movie. Really, she loved thrillers and she loved movies as well. So she lived for movies. She got really excited when we would watch movies together. It was like a process. She would get um, food ready and loved to have food while watching and like. She'd also do ironing and stuff, like, in the background sometimes, <laughs> housework. And she would say, like, oh, I'm watching, darling, don't pause it. And um, she, would, she would say that I always picked good movies, but the reality is that I went to a lot of trouble to pick movies that she would like. And um, she has very specific tastes and preferences, like the genre, the story, the drama, the actors. And she's really opinionated, so if she didn't... Um, like it she was very vocal about it oh right she would just go at the end stupid movie <laughs> such disgust and so here i would go through and keep an eye out for mum movies like thrillers and check the reviews and ratings and see if there are any good thrillers out and and have a collection to run by her and basically i would curate these wow films. and not all of them would pass but when they did she would look at me say to me at the end good movie at the end credits <laughs> so that was like worth did she it. know how much work you went into no no i don't think really so like oh, wow. the real highlight for me occurred when um i would make these curated selections and we'd watch them together so i got a cheapest deal on a benq projector and there was a period where we'd set up a mini home cinema and so we'd watch the french connection the lives of others prisoners the departed and um you know my mum would 
say to me, have you been there? <laughs> she, <laughs> she always thought I'd done extensive travel around the world, which I haven't really. And uh, this was the days before Netflix. So I think Netflix is sort of automated curation to a degree. Um, mm. It never gets it right for me. What's that? Yeah, it never gets it right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And like later on, she found her own stuff. But oh. And I watched this for the first time in 95, 96. But this was like one of the first films that... Um, not the first film, but in those early days, she would tape the daytime movies and we'd watch them together. Oh, right. And so, like, Channel 7 daytime movies, dramas mostly. And she'd ask me how to program the VHS recorder. But once she'd figured it out, she'd mark all these movies from the, you know, the daily oh, TV yeah, guide yeah, from yeah, the descriptions. Yeah, yeah. She would go through and highlight all these things oh, wow. and program it. And so it was sort of a reversal. She, she had come full circle and she was curating um, for me and like, oh wow, there was some some I was exposed to some pretty freak films well, during like that time. You man, I'm I'm, <laughs> I like how old were you during this during that time? Yeah, like really young. So like, oh, right. yeah, and like Dark Knight of the Scarecrow from 1981. <laughs> that was I have such vivid memories of that one. <laughs> but that was a curation from her. Was I? T- uh, was it one as well? It was one. Yes, and. Um, yeah, <laughs> and I, but was Deliverance? I think Deliverance definitely oh, was. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she curated Deliverance for you. It's not for me. It was more for her. <laughs> oh, but right. I was just there. <laughs> you were there soaking it all in. <laughs> soaking it all in. Um, but I wanted to ask you, yeah, what did you think about this notion of curation and movie selection, and you know, particularly in the family setting? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I actually do it a, a lot. Um, myself, yeah. I, I do it with Alicia. Uh, one of the things that I really wanted to do for Alicia was to get her into um, into horror movies mm-hmm. because I I started to generate a real interest in it with all the supernatural, ghost movies, all that type of stuff, and yeah. I wanted to get Alicia into it too. Um, but I didn't, you know, I know that there's some pretty gory horror films out there, and I didn't think that she would like any of that. So I did a lot of curating of. So what would she like and and that's actually where i introduced her to alien yeah because that was that that on the cusp with science fiction and there's mystery in there mm. and um yeah and from there like i still kind of do that when i'm looking i'm looking for a horror movie that i think both of us would enjoy sitting down and watching yeah um and other movies too but i think we've kind of got a bit of a thing going with the with the horror films yeah yeah um and uh, but the thing is is that I do that a lot with Alicia, but I, I don't never really did it much with my parents because no. my parents, we didn't really have that connection with movies oh. so much. There was TV shows, there was things that they had on that we sort of enjoyed doing. Like my my mum used to watch Ancient Lives, which is a um, which is a um, documentary documentary, and I listened to that in the background. But I just can't really think of things that we all sat down as a family to watch. Um, and I don't know if they how much curation they would have done of us. I think they oh. just found Star Wars and oh. and that was enough to keep yeah. us keep us going and stuff. So yeah, but the real the real, that real thing of um, finding something for my my wife to watch yeah. was something that was big. Yeah, yeah, mm. and it makes a real connection. I find. Yeah, it does. It does. Especially um, if you have them in mind, like you're not dumping them into. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was alien. There's stuff going on, you know. There's ways in. Sigourney's incredible actress. Yeah, and, yeah. And just, like, so powerful as a and, woman. And it doesn't really, you know, the 
the lead up to it is so interesting that by the time you get the the chest burster scene and all mm. of that that you're already in the movie you're already yeah. involved in it so yeah, yeah. like uh, i think that's where it's cool yeah so so well like shawshank redemption then this particular one was that something that like you have a key memory with like what is it about shawshank that's um well this film it's it's just an incredible story it really is it's um the characters and i i wrote some before notes what i loved about it was that how he builds up from nothing he's this sort of unlikely hero he's refined but he's playing music in the prison yard you know there's like these yeah. really powerful things and it's sort of the basis of the prison break thing because <laughs> i used yeah. to get into that and um yeah, I don't know. It's really I was really moved by this. Yeah. It it is very it is a very moving film and it's uh I don't know if it is or not but it certainly feels complex because there's weaving in and out of people's stories along the way as well. Like yeah. these people who come into the prison come in with their own stories. Yeah. And when you go in, there are people who are already there who have their own stories. Yeah. And their stories are about going out of prison. And uh and so much character development there is it's really deep. like even for side characters like mm. um the introduction of um tommy he's only there for a brief period of time but he's a pivotal character yeah absolutely. and he does, does he doesn't just come in and say something that m- changes the plot he comes in and develops a relationship and through that um, something is revealed. Yeah. So it's really interesting how they manage to weave in these characters and actually develop each of them in some way. Mm. Even that character, like, learn how to read and, and write and took tests. And, mm. you know, it managed to form a connection with each of them in a unique way, like yeah. uh, Brooks, as an example. Mm. And the thing is, is that not only are they introduced as characters, but they're also introduced in such a way that uh, you feel for them. You feel for for their story, but even though there's that individual story, part of that forms the greater narrative. Mm. So, the idea of Brooks, who has the the crow, and he has a relationship with his crow. Like even like little things that he says, you know, it really touches you. Yeah. And uh, but his arc of a person who commits suicide after he leaves the prison because he can't take it adds a layer of um of i guess you could say fear or trepidation uh later on in the movie when red gets out and when, yeah. um you know and when tim uh when um andy loses hope that uh you know you really fear that there are things that people will do that they just can't take anymore yeah it really sets it up well did you have memories of this film when growing up um i i wouldn't say that i have um, specific memories. I do know when I saw it, it was very powerful. I, I, I know that it was very moving. Mm. Um, it was one of those movies where you're at a certain age and you don't want to come across as someone who actually gets moved by movies. Mm. So it's just like, I don't want to say I'm crying, but I've got oh. a huge lump in my oh, throat. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not crying. The tears <laughs> in my eyes and they're not real tears. They're not real tears. <laughs> I think that was literally like, I was probably, I think I was watching it with my family actually and yeah i was like there was a lump in my throat yeah. and i didn't want to tell them mm. I, didn't, I was just like yeah i'm a i'm a, I'm a big boy I'm a, <laughs> okay. I'm a big boy 
but uh yeah but it is a really awesome mm. film but it's one of those films where you can say it's really awesome i love this film but i'm not gonna watch it much do you know what i mean like it's it really is a very it's not an everyday movie yeah would you agree um well i haven't watched it yeah in years and years but i in preparing for this it was one of the films it's actually pretty rare that i get drawn into it like i was just looking up something again and watching just little bits but then i was drawn right back in and i just wanted to keep watching yeah <laughs> just yeah. wanted to just like yeah you it's true it's very it? easy to just sink into it it's mm. nice i think it's so a, uplifting yeah There's, you know what i think also i was at an age where you know the scene where he he gets abused by that pr- that prisoner um i think that was one of the things that also i just found a bit too much for me at the time oh yeah um you know but uh you know but then again yeah. i you know you were fine because you had deliverance to fall back <laughs> <laughs> that set me up for it i was very <laughs> yeah. used to uh... <laughs> It's acts like that. Never going to let you live that down. But speaking of acts, we should get on to Act 1. Yeah. So I had Act 1, Prison Walls Are Never Built to Scale. Because <laughs> you're scaling, scaling oh, it. I, I got it. I got it. I did get it. I'm going to punitentiary for that one. Yuck. <laughs> oh, man. If only I could pun. But uh, <laughs> it's just no pun for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts off with this 50s song and um mm, it does yeah tim robbins sitting in the car with his crazy eyes and he pulls out a gun yeah and, that's right and the sets up sets up the um did he or didn't he yeah right from the start and the song playing as if i didn't care <laughs> and it flashes forward to court and man tim robbins he's really he really embodies it he's got this his face and there's this sort of fear in his eyes when mm. he's asked these questions like you just it's very interesting to read his face um yeah well you're wondering is the express what's the expression about is it mm. actually is it is he guilty um is it like the his responses are they based on a person who's guilty and trying to hide something or what, yeah like, what's, it, what's it about and he does look like a killer, <laughs> like a straight <laughs> yeah. face killer. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the judge says as well, isn't he? Since and it's he... his language too. I find it decidedly inconvenient that the gun was never found. Yeah, <laughs> it's such like a flat. Yeah. That's very tr- that's very true. You know, they like people want someone to be expressing emotion and stuff during these times, and he's not that type of person. He's in he's innocent, but he's not a uh, but you never know that and you could look at what he says and think oh, he's obviously guilty and i was thinking a modern film it might even have him as an actual killer like it'll do a double twist like he gets out and then oh, yeah. oh he did kill them he gets out and he says now red let's go kill some <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into shawshank redemption 2 his, <laughs> his project things. is actually like yeah <laughs> mass grave yeah when he opens up the, opens up the, the boat well no when uh, red goes and pulls a rock out and pulls the thing out it's just like pictures of all the people he's oh, killed man. <laughs> But it mounts it really well from the beginning. Like, mm. this mounting music, um, eight bullets, you know? Like, he had to reload yeah, and a bullet for each of them. And the hammer strikes, you know, cuts to black. It's really impactful. Yeah. The sound design is crazy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then Morgan Not Freeman. That's my other pun. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. 
penitentiary, man. Man, you're turning red. (laughs) (laughs) But they have this POV from darkness, like it's following you um, Mm. into the um, parole board meeting. Yeah. And it gets you on board with the character, I thought. That's true. Yeah, it does. And I love that. And that's a great way to introduce his character because the way that he acts in, in that parole thing changes throughout the film Mm. so he's a bit twitchy at the start you know anxious anxious to be there is trying to say the right thing um so that he might be able to get paroled and yeah and that changes throughout the film when he sort of loses that hope yeah because this is also a lot about hope as well and and what it means when you hold on to hope yeah absolutely yep yep and it's like it shows the close-up of his file and his younger self, 20 years, you know, yeah. he's been there. Um, that was actually Morgan's son, Alphonse. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then it's stamps rejected with yeah. this massive thing. And then um, the prison helicopter shot where it's I love sort of... That. Oh, my yeah. God, it's so great. So good. It's a long shot, too. It sweeps over the whole prison. I was thinking it was ex- must have been expensive. Today they would do it with a drone. And yeah, be cheap yeah. Well, chips, they wouldn't man. do it with a drone. They do digital effects. <laughs> oh. it'd, be a, it'd be a fake prison, and every single individual would have gone through motion capture to make sure that they're in the prison. <laughs> but it sets the scene and the scale of it so well, mm. as I thought. And it's 1947, and we here we meet Andy. Uh, he was vice president of Portland Bank. He was young, and. Um, yeah, man, some of those inmates, they look so rough coming yeah. out of that bus. <laughs> you speak English, butt steak. <laughs> so tough looking. He's just like his mug, man. Yeah, he did. He looked like he was, um, he was, yeah, it was he good. Done time, he'd probably. Done it before. He was like there again. Really good casting. But then I like the language, man, in this because they're taking bets and it's a game and like there's yeah. new inmates, it's their entertainment. Um, you know, smoke smokes a coin. Better's choice. It really rolls down. Yeah, goes, I'll take yeah. smokes. It's such cool dialogue. Yeah, and that's yeah. where Stephen King really excelled, I think, with his dialogue. Mm. Really um, rich, um, and it just takes you out of it. it takes you out of yourself, and you're yeah. into this prison setting, this different class. Yeah. And um, immediately they sort of start with these disorienting camera angles as Andy walks in. And there was that one shot where he walks through the gates and it looks up and that mm. reminded me of the cathedral, the Gothic architecture. It yeah. draws rise up and there's that whole undertone of religion in this as well. Yeah, and, and yeah. Well, actually, he's in the next scene, the warden with his gold rim glasses. It really accentuates yeah, his, yeah. his blue eyes, Mr. Norton. And... Um, you know, your ass belongs to me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. It's a, a, no blasphemy. It's his only rule. And he almost, he basically breaks his rule. Though it's yeah. not really blasphemy, but yeah. And, um, oh, then there's the uh, Hadley and he's, he's got the best lines, man. Maggot dick. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's that white stuff that they spray on him? Uh, delousing? De- delousing. Is that for yeah. lice? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. really know what yes, that stuff I was. Think, I think Laos is the plural of lice. Oh, Or maybe lice. not. I always thought I lice was... Yeah. De-licing. Yeah. Maybe... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they had to have an O in there. <laughs> and Morgan here says, life, Whole life blown away in the blink of an eye. Nothing left but all the time in the world to think about it. Yeah. Naked as the day you were born. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and, and it's really interesting because they do try to introduce you to the, the whole prison life from when you come in and the way, the psychology behind it where, yeah. you know, they are betting on fresh fish, as they, mm. saying, as they called it, where who's the person that's going to cry first when the reality kicks in and they realize that they're actually here for life. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Oh, man. And they and they beat the guy like the guy who does break. You know, it, it turns from a joke to something deadly serious. Oh, when the guy, they just beat him, and you find out later that that guy died. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, it's sort of. <laughs> I keep going back to Hadley because he's got these lines, man. You fat barrel of monkey spunk. <laughs> <laughs> the man, when he beats him up, that noise—it's so brutal. It's yeah, so yeah. crunching, and he just leaves him on the floor and like walks away. Ha- you know, Haywood is the guy that was riling it up, and he he turns, and that's where you sort of—that's your entry point. He goes, "Shut up, man." He's like deadly yeah, serious. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone from um, a joke to something. Yeah. That, you know, it's this is no longer a joke. And he looks guilty at the end when you know he's getting the crap beaten yeah, out of him, it. and it sets it up as this really sort of um, adversary thing with Hadley. Um, yeah, and the interesting thing as well is there are times throughout the film when it tries to almost draw you a bit closer to some of the bad guys as well mm. um and then it reminds you later that these are that these yeah. people that it's not redemptive for them no um I, I also noted here the this the costumes man that was really great how they did it like it's all gray and all this really bleak set design was just on par and then the most colourful thing was the food, you know, when they get it. Yeah, I actually thought, oh, that food looks not too bad, actually. But then he pulls out a yeah, maggot. Yeah, then he pulls out the maggot. That's literally what I was starting to write down was food looks good, you know. But it doesn't look like, <laughs> no. most it looks like you've got nice scrambled eggs there and you've got some potato and maggot. <laughs> but then he, he gives it to... Um, uh, Brooks, is it? Yeah, Brooks. And he's, Jake says, thank you. Oh, my gosh. It's so surprising. There's so much heart in this film. It just, yeah, like, yeah. just unexpectedly. And it can't, yeah, it comes out of unexpected places. They sort of, they go from heartlessness to heart yeah. in, in very quick succession. And, um, yeah, it says, you know, when they found out he was beaten to death, he said, what's his name? And he goes, it doesn't matter what his name was. He's dead. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then and then they have the uh, quick shower scene, with oh, the introduction gosh. of uh, what was his name again? Um, he had an it was like Boggs. Boggs, that's right. Oh my gosh! And he says, um, "Hard to get." I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking during that, oh, he says, that "I could be a friend to you." Yeah. Like, Why are the gay guys so creepy, man? I it's like. I want to see a camp insecure gay inmate once. But the guy... <laughs> <laughs> it's like insecure. is like, oh, hey, like how? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's almost like it's, it's supposed to suggest that uh, if you're gay and you go to prison, you're actually in on a good thing. <laughs> but uh, but the, like the guy... Um, it's funny you should say that too because one of the notes I made was some uh, Tim Robbins says to Red... Uh, sorry, Andy says to Red that... Um, did anyone tell him I'm not a homosexual? <laughs> and he got, and he said, like, you got to be human first to yeah. be a homosexual. Like, they're not even, like, bogs and stuff. It's it's not even that. They're just not even, 
that it's absolutely yeah. yeah and like i wrote down like the way it was sort of set up it's much like laying down mythology bull queers they take by force it's sort of like he's in this new world and there's this now random new enemy that they've got to describe and you know um it's the lore of this new world the sisters there's all this foreshadowing about mm. something that's going to happen so that was quite nice um but i always loved tim robbins speaking of homosexuality i loved his fringe man <laughs> it's so expressive the way like you know his hair just hangs from his eyes and like it's all moody and emo and i always <laughs> wanted a fringe like that so last month i got like keratin in my hair so i finally got my emo fringe <laughs> but tim robbins had a definitely great hair in that mm. that film yeah he that's right he went he went to uh... They did all the graying effects and all of that type of stuff over time. Oh, but yeah, then, yeah. You know yeah. how he got the little greys on the oh, side of the yeah, head? yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. As time goes on. And so, yeah, he gets, um, yeah, raped by the sisters for two years. And then finally... Oh, I didn't get catch that. It was two years away. Yeah, two wow. years. Wow, shit. And um, they get uh, roof detail and they play fiddle music. <laughs> It's fiddles and they, <laughs> when they get the news. And so suddenly they're outside and it's light and bright and colour and it sort of brings you back. It's a change in the story, uh, sort of light and dark. Yeah, yeah. There's only so much darkness before it just becomes a depressing film. Yeah. And um, where Hadley walks him to the edge, man, yeah. that was really a really great scene where it just drops, the camera goes right yeah, over the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see the people below. Oh my gosh. Moving around, looking up. So epic. Yeah. And Andy has such a poor way with words, you know? Do you trust your wife? Yeah. <laughs> Would she ha- try to hamstring you? <laughs> what I mean is. <laughs> and, and, and he had plenty of time to think about what to say, too. <laughs> But um, there was some nice things there. Like, um, I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man when he can have a bottle of suds. Mm. And um, such a nice moment. They're all watching with their mouths open. It's like a real win moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're all on the roof in the next scene, you know, drinking beer. <laughs> Hadley magnanimous. I had to look what, what that was. <laughs> it means generous. Or, yeah, yeah. He managed to look like, the one time he managed to look like he was actually doing something good. Yeah. When it was purely for selfish gain. And it does make you appreciate life. You sort of do take these things for granted. You do. Yeah. You do. And, you know, yeah. and so he did it to feel normal again. And, um, yeah, it sort of creates these questions when uh, Red says things like, I'm the the one guilty man in Shawshank. You wonder what he's done. And, like, mm. it creates this mystery. And we never really find out what he what he was in for. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's the mystery. It's like that creating that box, that J.J. Abraham's box that you never open. Well, and, and also they never really, they never really talk about the crimes of these people. Mm. Like they uh, they introduce them as almost blank slates for for the audience to just tap into the way that they're feeling and how they're reacting to the situation they're in now. But you have no idea what any of their backgrounds are. No. They could be rapists, murderers. They, you know, it could be, you know, all kinds of things. But it's suggesting almost like in this context, it doesn't really matter. No. Um, it's very interesting because it's it, you wonder that, um, you know, if they had talked about their crimes, ha- whether it would be as effective 
in terms of helping you to empathize no, with them. Absolutely. Wouldn't it all? No, no. Um, so it's extremely efficient with the, the information that the audience is given. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when he becomes the financial planner. <laughs> for everyone. Oh, no, well, first of all, Boggs gets defeated. Oh, right. Yeah, um, that's right. And Hadley gets him. It's such a cool moment, man. Satisfying when you see him screaming, he helped me, no. And you find out he never walks again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, it's very um, satisfying when you see the enemies in this film dispatched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do that really well. Yeah, they, they make them satisfying endings for the, yeah. for the bad guys. <laughs> And that's when he actually meets um, the warden. They do the t- a surprise inspection and he's like, salvation, salvation lies within. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it, that's it. And then that, um, that feeds back much later in the film. And it's the poster of Rita Hayworth. And I was surprised the poster wasn't framed because it's in prison. He's innocent. It's yeah, framed. no, no, you're right. You're right. So this was uh, Act Two for me. Warden's favor. How do you know if a prison guard is gay? The smell of his mustache. <laughs> what? Where did you get that from? I don't even know what it means. Do you know what it means? I, <laughs> I sort of do, but I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think that I would have to. Cu- I would have to imagine several answers <laughs> and not know whether I'd pick the right one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> I thought you would like that one. <laughs> I bit, don't know if I do or not. <laughs> but Jake uh, is a big bird now, and it's so cool seeing him. Like this progression yeah, of time yeah, yeah. with Brooks. His face is so great. That actor just wrinkles yeah, the whole smile. His whole features just soften. Yeah. Um, but it keeps you on your toes, man, because Brooks, the most placid, benign character, caring for the bird. He's holding Haywood at knife yeah, point. Yeah, that's He's it. crazy-eyed, and it makes you think, man, these men are dangerous, and you forget. You're on their side, but then there's this deep history that you don't know. And, yeah. Um, you, you don't know, know what they're capable the of. The crimes they've committed, the dark acts of weakness that we're all capable of. It makes you really think about that stuff. Mm. It gives you the space to as well, because... You're just watching him as he's leaving um, prison. And... Yeah. But also with that, you know, he's this act of violence, but he doesn't, he, he, uh, he doesn't follow through with it and he finds it very difficult to, to go any further than he does in terms of grabbing the knife and holding him at the oh, point. Oh, absolutely. But uh, once again, as Tim Robbins coming in and humanizing everyone, you know, he's saying, look at him, look at the blood on his neck, look what mm. you've done uh, to, to sort of just make everyone instead of it being a thing of the people who are actually involved in this yeah absolutely <clears throat> and, and yeah and that's the and that's the depressing brooks scene where it's he really writes symbolic that heartbreaking letter well when he lets the crow go as well it's like you yeah. know it's, it's just really touching stuff like it's close up with the crow flying off into the yeah, and it's interesting too because when you think about it, uh, one of the things that he's doing with that is he's being freed and he's freeing uh, the crow, and you almost don't want to see the crow again because the idea for Brooks is that you know once he goes, there's just nothing more for him. Like if Jay, Jake the crow were to come back, it'd be a return to the prison. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, like. Can't believe how fast things move on the outside. 
dear fellas, you know, that letter. <laughs> and the music with the piano and the strings, much like American Beauty, so yeah. much sort of space there. Um, but it really captures this lonely mood. Mm. You know, his hands in the park, just letting the seed go, is yeah. just sort of drifting off. And I hope Jake is doing okay and making new friends. Yeah. And oh man, when you see Brooks was here, carved up there, it's like that really childish rebel contrasting to this old man. Yeah. And, uh, his shoes and the dust falling on these. He had these new yeah. shoes because, you know, he's just brand new. He's a brand new man. And like, yeah. that's his last thing. And they suddenly just suspended. It's really artfully done for 1994, you know? Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if this comes off as cliche now because I'm pretty tainted, but uh, not tainted, but embroiled uh, in this film. It's hard to say. Um, like I've looked up reviews and things for, for different films around this this era, but all the people who review them generally seem to be around the same age. <laughs> as oh, me. yeah. So it's hard to know whether they're as tainted as as mm. we are. Um, and also, I guess the thing is, is that. Back in 1994, that that motion, you know, where you know he's going to hang himself in. Like, if you were to do that now, you would have plenty of films from that point forward where that same type of thing has occurred. You know, the kicking of the the table over and the hanging and all that type of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. Did you get that vibe, though, when you rewatched it? Well, like, it was... um, it was cliche. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. I didn't even think about it like that, yeah. to be honest. Um, it's still really impactful for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, you know, the, I mean, you don't have the Brookses here on, on all the other cliched ones, yeah. but um, I don't know. It just seems that it was done in a, it, it was the end of a story arc for someone. It wasn't just a, it wasn't a shock value type. It wasn't done for shock value. It was the progression of this person's story yeah yeah absolutely and so andy gets the funding he's been writing letters to um the government (laughs) one every week and he gets 200 bucks and from now on i'll write two letters a week yeah (laughs) it's it's actually funny because um uh my father-in-law actually one of the things he did to get an interview for his job was write constantly to them and said oh the thing. yeah wow and when he turned up to the interview they had a pile of letters oh, that he had sent, <laughs> all the letters so it's like that's not just Assistance, a myth type yeah, thing wow. that's not just something that's uh, written in a book that's that's beautiful that. man that's nice yeah. it's pretty cool yeah right? and he got the job too yeah yeah so oh, that's, that's amazing. pretty cool they but, had uh, the letters that's nice yeah whereas this they were just paying him off <laughs> yeah they, they, like... now please stop sending us letters <laughs> <laughs> but man um then they have the opera scene where they, you know, he gets this money and he yeah. finds the record and it's this uh, Mozart opera. And, oh, it's the, just that, man, that pa- it's so powerful, the female soprano, when that cuts through because, you know, you haven't really heard any female voices for this That's whole, true, isn't whole it? period. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Everyone just stops and stares and the camera sort of... You know, there's a camera moving up and, oh man, the harmonies when they kick in at the end, like the yeah. two women. Oh gosh, it's so beautiful. And they're saying something so beautiful can't be expressed in words and it makes your heartache because of it. Yeah. And, and uh, once again, the narration of Morgan Freeman kicking in and, uh, yeah. you know, just it's, it's interesting. You've got the voiceover on the voiceover, you know, the music playing over the voice. and the... Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's where he says hope is a dangerous idea. Mm. So that's that theme again. 
Yeah, because hope is a big theme in this in this film. And it's really punched in. Like you say, the next scene, it's like 30 years. He's up for his parole. Yeah. And it's, he's absolutely rehabilitated. And there's so much sadness in his eyes because he doesn't, you know... Well, he doesn't... He, he There's no hope left. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't expect to be rehabilitated. He, he doesn't expect to be paroled. Yeah. Uh, he just says it to go through the motions and... You know, he, he's not really surprised or anything like that when he gets rejected. Yeah, but there's that change, you know, because it's being sparked by Andy's actions. Mm. So it's, yeah. Um, but here we get Tommy, the injection. Mm. Um, and because they are all getting older. So, you know, it's an injection also of that a person of a certain time is introduced yeah. as well. Because this, it, it's also a way of showing that time outside of the prison is moving on and and that different those different backgrounds oh, are coming in point. So, same thing with the posters yeah how it goes um from rita hayworth mm. to marilyn monroe and then to raquel well yeah true. Was, you know, just, um, oh, that's a good point i like how yeah. easy it was there was no unnecessary obstacles like in introducing a new character you know? mm. um, well i think the narration helps with that because it cuts it allows you to get the person's feelings uh, said straight to you. Um, it, I think it might be hard to do it otherwise. Yeah. And I, I, it felt like um, it was injecting new story, new character, sorry, a new character and growth for the existing characters, if that makes sense, mm. to show another side of them through, through this new character. Well, it turned um, Andy from sort of a, I guess, a character that was operating with people on his own level and he's actually being a teacher and, and a mentor to someone which you kind of never really think of him in that light until he's put into that position yeah i don't think it's bad storytelling doing that do you think so i don't know not yeah. at all no yeah. I, I think that i think people say there's bad storytelling by adding certain plot elements i think a lot of it also has to do with how it's done mm. not what is done because um, you know the there there isn't really too much new under the sun when it comes to, to movies, and uh, I think it's just the way that they inject those things into a movie and how they do it that really makes it cliched or not. Yeah, and um, that's where they because he's carrying the important piece of information as well about uh, Elmo, the real killer. And you see him as well telling the story. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh, that laugh, that wheezy sort of laugh with yeah, the yellow yeah. teeth. And and he's not really. He doesn't seem like the t- at first. He doesn't seem like the kind of person who does talk constantly. No. Until you start seeing the glee that comes out of him oh as he talks gosh, about it. It's so just... freaky. Mm. And at that point, the warden realizes that Andy um, could yeah could, could very blow well it all be, open. Yeah, and then Andy you know, in desperation says that he won't tell anyone, which is the worst thing you could possibly say. Mm. Um, yeah. And, then, and then a month in the hole. Yeah, that's it. So then there's that, that scene, that really creepy ass scene, man, where, um, you know, the warden and Tommy, and it's so silent, there's no music. Mm. And he stomps out the cigarette butt. And you can see, like, there's a sheen of sweat on his wow. brow. Wow. He had really nice burgundy brogues, I have to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but the gunshots were so loud. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was yeah. What did you think about that? No, it was it was pretty um, 
It was pretty harsh. Because it, it, once again, it went, like they've introduced the character, made you empathize with them and see life from their side and then you kill them again. It's, I think a lot of that also leads up to the end of the film in which it keeps raising the stakes for what could be happening to the characters that you hear from the beginning throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And you don't know whether it's going to actually be a tragedy or not. Yeah, true, true. And, um, yeah, I was just thinking the way he sets it up as well is quite nice where he's saying, oh, it's been keeping me up nights. And he doesn't really know, like, that he's... It's actually... Um, he wants to keep Andy there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to free him at all. Um, but also, like, I like the language when he finally meets uh, um, Andy. Like, just he was saying things, you're catching my drift. It was so, like, evil. And just, yeah, like, he's, yeah. He's well-spoken, but then he just drops down and into just, it. Like, you're catching my drift. Yeah, it's just like, am I not being a bird enough for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah am I being obtuse? Yeah, oh my gosh. Um, but then that's really act three for me, I guess. Um, and he's happy too. Like, uh, like he, he really tries to break Andy in that moment. And you Mm -hmm. see that he's later on when Andy does seem to be broken because he's quieter now and more submissive in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's what the warden really wants. Yeah. You know, and, and he says to Andy, as you know, he asks him to shine his shoes as he goes, mm. that he goes, so it's good to have you back. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, just like he has him exactly the way that he wants yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was Act 3. So, um, how many prison guards does it take to screw in a light bulb? None. They just beat the room for being black. <laughs> 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 Oh man, man! It's, uh, so so we've we've managed to offend uh, sexual preference and skin color. It's a prison guard joke, really. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Andy finally gets out, and um, but it does it really well. Like the the escape, you don't know what's going. No, no, escape. like out of the hole. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, he had, he gets out of the hole. Yeah, that's it. And he was talking to Red, and he said, um, "I loved her. I just didn't know how to show it." Yeah, and that to me, yeah, because I was watching this film and I was thinking about Mum because I was pausing it, and you know, in sharing this movie, I was connecting with her in some ways. But you know, I also wish I was able to be more open about it. I think I've changed that now. But I think sometimes in life, it's not just about it. it I think we're just sharing those things is is enough. Having to, we don't have to say everything that's meant be meaningful to people in our lives. Like it, it, I think it's a great thing to do, but just the actual enjoyment of doing those things together is something that mm. that you know. I think it's sometimes those things don't, you don't necessarily need to say them for it to be understood. Yeah. Well, I very openly tell my brother and dad I love them now. <laughs> Give <Yeah>. them hugs. <laughs> and family and friends are the most important thing in life. It's really mm. the only thing. But back to the movie, when Tim Robbins smiles here, it's really unsettling. It's really unexpected because, um, yeah, he smiles at the fact. I can't even remember what it was, but it was, wasn't was like a thing to smile at. <laughs> he was, mm. um, 
and he's just talking about the Mexico and how the Pacific has no memory and um, he wants to buy a hotel <laughs> and yeah. a worthless old boat, take my guests out charter fishing. Um, and he's trying to enlist Red into that dream. Um, mm. I could use a man who knows how to get things. So they're trying to build up the, you know, yeah, yeah. the hope. Yeah, and um, and Red's finding that very difficult. He's saying, you know, um, I might be able to know how to get things on the inside, but outside, I wouldn't be much good to you. And the piano there is really complex. Mm. There's a violin and piano. It's sort of growing to full strings. You know, the hotel, that boat, I don't think it's too much to ask. You know, he's sort of, he's saying he's done his dues. Yeah. <clears throat> and that comes back, and Red's view is, comes back to that, you know, hope being a dangerous thing. Um, and it really does bring you down to the lowest point because everything that's happened up to this moment does seem to be, you know, what's next, what's next, you know, is mm. there something, is there a fight against it? And when you see him, he seems to be beaten down and that everything's been taken from him at that point. Oh, here I had my note now. It's, um, when the warden was with Tommy, um, you know, when he was saying, you were sort of really with Tim Robbins at that point in the hole for the whole month and you, he's backed into a corner and the warden is so menacing and so evil, so <laughs> corrupted and it is keeping him up and he doesn't know what to do and it's true, he's saying it honestly to Tommy but Yeah, it's a moment of closeness between them but it's masked, the meaning is masked Yeah, because and it's actually the like the he would, what he wants the guy to say is that he doesn't, he can't be certain that he could testify Yeah and he and the guy thinks that that is the right thing for him to do yeah. and it's the wrong thing that Ward and so he has to act but not in the way Tommy thinks yeah and so yeah but later on um, uh, so back to where we were sorry with the conversation there's buried treasure <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's where I proposed to my wife I made love to her and I said <laughs> and she said yes <laughs> and I want you to go there <laughs> <laughs> You made a joke about this before yeah. <laughs> when you were warming up <laughs> as Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I, I was thinking of Andy under that tree. And I was thinking to myself and I wish that I was there instead of Andy's wife. <laughs> non-sexually, non of course. In a non-sexual way, I would say to Andy, I love you, Andy. I want to be close to Andy platonically. And, uh, can't yeah. believe there's treasure <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah pretty good but then there's the rope and that's the red herring um, you know you think the rope is for you know the Brooks thing the yeah hanging. yeah yeah they're setting it up but... absolutely and him walking down the down the thing to his prison cell and you know the tensions building for every for like the characters. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen, and of course they do. They're oh my holy god! As as he looks in, and you don't see what they see, mm. which just is that they don't oh, see anything. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, man, the Oxfords. The man has nice shoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta say. Um, but the sound design is so cool when the rock goes through the poster. Yeah, um, and you hear it, ting, 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 Oh, ting, my ting. gosh. And you don't see it, but you absolutely hear it. And that rock hammer, man, they have that photo where... That's great, isn't it? That's really great. <laughs> sure, it and does... the prison guard's got a bit of a smile holding it. He's almost proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really does seem like something out of a... 
it almost makes it feel like a true true story if that makes sense <laughs> but it's like the narrated flashback it's very like murder she wrote <laughs> <laughs> mum used without, to love that without show the, without the fuzzing in and out <laughs> And um, I used to rewatch Murder She Wrote with her, but she never got back into it in 2008. <laughs> she wasn't impressed anymore. <laughs> she moved on. But um, yeah, that yeah. So they go through the whole escape, and that's epic. Um, you know, there's the tension while he's waiting for the light lightning to strike. Yeah, and he's holding yeah. it. Such great acting, and the 500 yards, so epic when he's. Oh, and he's yeah, crawling through all of that stuff, yeah. and he vomits as he goes along. That's pure story, really. Yeah, you yeah, can't convey that through just visuals. That's yeah, like... yeah, like the the actual, you know, him vomiting is really showing you how bad it is, <laughs> and the description of it. Yeah, you know, the description, the 500 the yards, vilest stuff. Yeah. I can't even imagine. And you know, when the lightning, he rips up his shirt and yeah. embraces the rain. <laughs> With the lightning well, and thunder. Well, it is the. There's a lot about rebirth and rebirth in this. Like, mm. um, like when when they first come into prison, you know, naked is the day you were born. Yeah, true. And then at the end, you know, he he crawls through the tunnel and comes out the other side, and you know, and he's all disgusting, and he tears it all off, and the cleansing rain and all of that, mm. and he's and he's like reborn again. Oh, true, true. That's nice. That's the whole redemption thing as well, kicking into overdrive. And really, it's just wrapping things up rapidly here. So it's like, would you add this to your outgoing mail? And he's so smug. It's sort of satisfying yeah. <laughs> how smug he is because you're with him. And like, yeah, you're, this is you're his moment. seeing his story now because <laughs> that, that, it's like giving you the payoff. So, okay, you've gone through all of this. You've gone through all the tension. Now let's make you feel good about everything that went through and... And what had been happening, mm. and you know, even casting it all the way back to when you saw him writing his name, and then he gets to the end and it breaks the thing off, and he has yeah, the idea. Absolutely, and that apparently was uh, the director Frank Darabont's hands in those shots, in those close-up oh, shots, because right. he thought no, no actor could convey what he wanted. So yeah, he used yeah. His hands. Um, and he did a good job <laughs> as a hand actor. But uh, the warden, when he's loading that gun with the picture of the wife in the background, yeah. oh my gosh, so cool. Perfect lighting. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And when he... Sh- sorry. No, no, you go, you go. Yeah, when he shoots himself. You don't see it, but you see the body after. It's just impactful, if not more than seeing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the gunshot again, so loud. You don't... Uh, I think that people go for shock value um, over sort of... Uh, in. And impact. They think that shock and impact are the same thing. Mm. You look at the Dark Knight, right? Like, um, uh, so a lot of violence gets implied in that movie, and mm. that's more effective than any type of gore. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I agree with that. And actually, it's interesting because there's a lot of background shots of pictures in this, which are almost conveying the mood. Um. So when you when you see them arguing over where. Andy is and how he's uh, how has he disappeared in the background you've got a picture of Einstein with his tongue out poking fun at you oh yeah yeah there's lots of little background moments same thing with the wife sitting in the background when he's when he's got his things on the thing and he's gonna kill himself oh my gosh there's so much depth there like Mm. I like the fact that you can see his wife you know yeah yeah. it's all part of him his religious you know yeah well, well he's surrounded by all the things that he's he 
says that people should follow and yeah. and that's the moment when he does the probably the thing as a christian you're no. not supposed to do yeah so um, but it was a little bit of another red herring where they you think he's going to go out blasting yeah and yeah like, you know, he kills him but um and yeah you see andy in a convertible next to the ocean it's so damn nice man after yeah. being in this bleak film yeah he's driving with the wind in his luscious fringe <laughs> <laughs> Um, the place that you live in is that much more drab and empty that they're gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Red said. And when, yeah, yeah. After now that he wasn't here, they told stories about Andy after that point. And, and it was good to, it was good that he was gone, but at the same time, Mm. everything was more drab and empty. Yeah. And there's warmth in these outdoor scenes. Like, that was the cinematographer. That's true, yeah. Um, on the roof, but also... Because they are constantly surrounded by grey in the film and the sort of uh, blue-grey type thing. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, and so, uh, 40 years rehabilitated? I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's such a good... That's such a good... Um, I love that little dialogue there. <laughs> you know, monologue, yeah. Stop wasting my time. You know, it's great. Approved. Yeah, and approved. So nice, hey. That's it. We've broken him. (laughs) (laughs) He managed to. He managed to convince them, but for all the wrong reasons. And when he um, finally gets out, it's not him walking out to us. It's us walking with him. I noticed we went through the gates with him. Yeah, as much as we were introduced as well, like uh, when he went through the parole board right at the beginning. Yeah, it's a. It's and that's the way of introducing it because Red's really the narrator, so. So that makes sense to do that. But it's a different view. We've never seen that side. And there's grass out there. It's freedom, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so different. And I was so heartbreaking when you see Brooks was here up there as well. Yeah, again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, he's in the uh, grocery store. And you don't need to ask me every time you want to take a picture. Yeah. And he <laughs> says, I can't do it unless I get permission. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's so good at the way it's sort of showing also how, you know, you spend so much time in one life, one way of doing things, how, you know, it changes you, but, you know, it's not it's not about rehabilitation. Yeah. But, um, but also, what did you think about just how much time occurs in the movie after he escapes? Because there is quite a lot that happens after he escapes. It's not just wrapped up quickly no because you still have to go through the story of red and how he gets out and what he does after then and finding the tree and all of that type of stuff yeah it was like a treasure hunt man <laughs> it was like <laughs> couldn't get over that fact i, I love it how he looked around nervously as well like there's yeah, literally no one around but that's but like the con that's sort that's of like it. yeah, yeah that, that really sort of oh yeah i'm gonna get in trouble for this yeah but also like he, he, if he was seeing someone with treasure, he would absolutely go up and take it. You know, <laughs> it goes both ways. Like being that way, you can't ever feel safe. You can't ever yeah, feel yeah. like you're always. Yeah. So I like that side of it. Um, but um, yeah, I did think that it was yeah the treasure hunt thing was kind of yeah I don't know. <laughs> what did you think? Well, no, I thought, like, oh, it was great. Um, yeah. All that stuff, you know, it was introduced by Tim Robbins. Sorry, I keep saying Tim Robbins. Andy. Andy. Um, you know, at his lowest point when he's talking to, to Red and he tells him about that. And, and um, 
you know, the night before he escapes, he tells them where to look and what to look for and yeah. all of that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was good, and yeah. you know, it was a, it was a good way of telling because you never see them actually when when he finally escapes, you don't actually see them talk together. Mm, no, like it's through through letters, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was nice to see the American farm lines. That was really pretty, <laughs> like that rolling yeah. scenery. It was just such a nice rela- it was so relief rich. on the eyes. It was so relief on the eyes, unless you were there, in which case you had hay fever. So. <laughs> All the dust, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah the pollen. <laughs> but Buxton, I think the place was called. Buxton. <laughs> Buxatoni. But he's so excited, he can barely hold a thought in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement only a free man can feel. Yeah. Oh, that was nice, you know? Yeah. No, because he because he had hope now. He had something to look forward to. Mm. Um, he was a, he was only a free man at that point. Yeah, and then when you finally see the ocean, oh my gosh, it's like so yeah, blue. Yeah. It's just like oh, blinding. The blue of his dreams. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And Alan Green apparently was the um, director's agent. So when he was struggling as a set dresser and wanted to be a writer, he was the one who believed in him and said, oh, "Okay, oh, you can be nice. a writer." Yeah, and he died of AIDS. So oh, before gosh. this film was finished. Oh wow! Is sorry that was the Alan Green thing at dedicated the end. At the yeah, end. dedicated to. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know what that was necessarily about. So, so. the screenplay actually ended on the bus. Oh, is that right? I said hope. I hope that was it. But then um, they the you know the studio they said you know. You have final say, but um, shoot the shoot the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can decide. But mm. then the director said, "Yeah, the catharsis of seeing them reunited." Um, it was, it was worth it. Worth worth it for the audience. He decided. Yeah. But yeah, is that a glossy Hollywood ending? I don't know. Ah, uh, maybe I like glossy Hollywood endings. Then I like the ending. I I sometimes just get so sick of people. Being intellectually obtuse, you know, it's like we're not going to give you the ending. We're just going to let you hope as well, yeah. you know, type thing. And it's, I don't know. There's a, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not necessarily truly resolved. If it's they such don't. a different film, isn't it? If you don't see them, if at you the don't end. see them at the end, no. <laughs> but it is still a good film. Like if I it hope, still a good this, film. you're stuck with Morgan Freeman, and he's so excited. That was beautiful. The excitement yeah, of yeah. a free man, you know. But then you're thinking, well, I hope he did actually get. To you're see imagining him. it. That's pretty powerful too. Yeah, but then you'd imagine not finding him there, and like it's like, oh fuck, he must have moved on. <laughs> mm, and this is the human condition, man. <laughs> he got hit by. <laughs> he drowned out at sea when he was taking his his clientele fishing. <laughs> we got to actually see him. Oh. Where I hear there's an Andy here. No, sorry, he died a couple oh. of days ago. <laughs> Oh, we just missed him. <laughs> but I, I like the ocean ending. Yeah, I do too. I do too. You don't have to have them talking. You just have to actually see the two of them yeah, see and each it was other. just that big smile, man. Mm. That Morgan Freeman smile. Yeah, that's it. His pearly whites. Pearly, pearly whites. Yeah, so man, uh, Nostalgia Meter. So this is, yeah, it's one of my favorite films. I really do love it. And in doing, yeah, like I say, the research, I just get drawn in and hearing the opening music, I just want to watch it again. <laughs> and like, even when you had it playing before, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is, yeah, it's so good. And um, 
there's not many films I can say about that. Like, I just love watching this. And mm. it's funny too, because I, I was saying it was the opposite. Um, but I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, the way that you're talking about it, it's, it's true. And I felt I did rush through watching this and, uh, I would like to watch it again with a bit more time to, mm. to, to actually enjoy it because I'm, you know, sitting down taking notes and all that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, it's a different and, experience. Mm. So, yeah, man, it's a nostalgia meter. Um, and final thoughts. It was, yeah, it was really emotional watching this again. I watched it on Saturday night in mum's house and in the same chairs we used to watch our films in. So I always sat in this green recliner and and that's on Saturday, that's where I sat. And yeah. it even felt like I should get some food to watch the film with yeah. <laughs> because that's what mum would do. Because this is, this is like watching this film is at a time right now that's... Um, you know a lot's been happening yeah and i was pausing the film like you're saying to take my notes and during these times just the silence of the house was really yeah. deafening and her absence and i could almost hear her say like don't pause it darling i'm watching but um yeah. it was just me making that up so my last film was the last crusade and i dedicated that to my dad and before that was the court jester ages ago which was for my brother and this was going to be my dedication for her, but I didn't quite get there in time. So yeah. um, I love just how much she loved film. There's so much heart in this film. It's sort of overflowing. And her connection to this film really just showed how much heart she had. So mm. she was so generous and giving and selfless with those in her life. And, um, and it's impossible not to absorb the messages of this film, which is just masterfully executed. Yeah. Um, the power of hope you know, of music and projects and hobbies and education and giving and and not to take life for granted. Yeah, well, what is it that they say, get busy living or get busy dying? <laughs> yeah. And so finally, here's my dedication. I love you, Mum. I miss you so much. Thank you for everything. I love you. And thanks so much for watching this film with me, man. Thank you. It really oh, means the world it. to me. No, and, and I'm really glad that we're able to do this, do this um cast one yeah and just the behind the scenes work you go to is nothing short of heroic like the editing the audio the creation of the posters and now the descriptions and i really appreciate it as well as our well, listeners do oh pleasure man no no i will i mean this is something that we kind of do a lot for ourselves as well isn't it and mm. um and that was part of the reason that we did it in the first place was just to enjoy our love of film but also i mean the whole point of the mob was to talk about how it, these films have had an impact on our life and yeah and you know the more we do it the more stuff seems to come out of it you know mm. we, we you know we're exploring our lives through just these films which really it's not about the film it's about our lives and these are just sort of things that trigger memories in our lives and mm how meaningful the relationships we have in our life are. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really appreciate, you know, doing this with you. Um, Thanks, um, man. You know, it's been, it's been great. It's been great. So, um, you know, you know, if or when we do more in the future, you know, it's going to continue to be great. Yeah, man. I, well, I, the next film, it's one of yours. It's Tron uh, from Tron. 1982. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We can we can have... We're going to watch a whole movie about people in tights. So. Uh, I love Tron. <laughs> it's a good film. <laughs> well, I don't know how good it is still, but I'm sure... It, it's, got, it's got the big Lebowski in it, so it's still good. 
Oh, the new one? You no, no, one. no. The... What's his name? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. It's got Jeff oh, Bridges Oh, okay, the original. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Because the new one does too. Oh, the, I was thinking yeah, yeah. You well, the you, reboot. You've got... Tron Legacy. Man, you've got, <laughs> you've got Jeff Bridges. It's got to be a good film. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, and, thanks again, um, everyone, for thanks listening everyone and sticking for listening. with us. Yep, yep. Um, well, uh, I'm just going to hit stop now. <laughs> just hit stop. <laughs> thanks. Good night. Good night. Oh well, I didn't. I didn't think much. Oh well, I didn't think much. Peter, Peter, first time lead eyes, lead eyes, like a stick. Oh well, I didn't think much of Peter and Derek. First time, first time I laid eyes on them. Oh well, I didn't think much of Peter and Derek. First time I laid eyes on them. Looked like a stiff breeze would have blown them over. They had a walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. They were in for gross misappropriation of movie facts and blatant and repeated copyright infringement. Oh, how they put their damn faces all over movie posters like it was nobody's business. They had a cockiness to them. We disliked them immediately.